Joined by Alexa Ray Korea, Christine Steimer, Hi. and Brittany Brombacher. Hello. Ladies, we turned 21 this week. Oh my we God. We can legally drink. We can. Isn't that exciting? 21 episodes of What's Good Game. Damn, Gina. Damn. Yeah, it's That's crazy to think about. Who is Gina, by the way? My mother. It's uh, from a movie. <laughs> uh, also your Factual. mother. Also your mom. <laughs> um, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, who are listening, who are watching on YouTube. We wouldn't get to 21 without your support. We appreciate and love you guys. You guys are the best community a group of girls could ever ask for. And... Um, to make sure that you know how much we love you, we've decided to dedicate a giant part of this episode to answering your questions. So we're going to get to that in just a little bit. But uh, we want to let you know that uh, we won't be reading our Turbo Patrons shout-outs this week because we are recording this early since both Alexa Ray and I will be in New York when this episode launches. Please don't forget to tune into the Nintendo World Championships 2017 on Saturday, October 7th. I will be hosting along with Jordan Kent and some fun surprise guests and some exciting times happening. And Alexa Ray, you will be covering some stuff for fandom. Yeah, I'll be running around. I'll be there. New York Comic Con. <laughs> so if you guys are in New York and you hear this and you are at Comic Con, come find us. Tweet to us. Let's high five or something. Will It'll you have cool. pins on your person? I will yes. have pins on my person. Ooh. What's Good Games pins? So please uh, reach out. Um, ladies, there was some really big news that happened last week. Yes. Steiner, yeah. you're, you, you're like, you're She's giving that into look. my soul. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. She really was. That was I, won't, I won't do that anymore. No, Stop it's soul okay. Peering. We okay. have this talk. <laughs> Stop soul peering. But um, I like it. So we're going to start our, our like mini news segment <laughs> since we are taping this a week in advance. We don't have like a lot of like hot, fresh news for you, uh, this, which is why we're focusing on... My hair's just like flying. Is it too much wind? It's very like Beyonce wind machine. No, it was little Beyonce until your hair like formed a little mustache (laughs) briefly. It was fantastic. I'm into it. Well, it's very hot here in the San Francisco Bay Area while we're shooting. So hot. It's currently 82 degrees in the studio. So um, we have the fan going. Apologies if you are like, is it windy in there? Yes, yes, it is. (laughs) Yes, Yes, it is. Um, so as I was saying, we're going to do a short news segment and then we're going to, you know, focus on your guys' questions, but we did want to talk about the big rock star reveal that happened last week. Um, I hope that some supplementary news stories will follow in the days after we record this episode, but I think we were all anticipating something much more substantial. We mm-hmm. got up early. We live streamed with some of we you. We made mimosas. You yeah. can watch the archive on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash what's good games. And then it was a full like 90 seconds. Yep. Yeah. It was a in happen- and out. Yeah. It, mm. Mm, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was 90 seconds. I'm happy we got what we got, but I think Steimer made a good point that was the three weeks leading up to this 90 second reveal really necessary? What was up with that? It was, I mean, there, 
making the most of their marketing hype train. However, I think this was sort of a misstep in that regard. Like, don't over hype your stuff because what happens is then people become more not disappointed, but like you're like, ah, like deflates a little bit. Right. Whereas you want to keep building it up. And I feel like in this instance, they may have actually like knocked it down a little bit. Mm. Not that the game's going to be. I mean, it's going to sell like gangbusters. It's going to be amazing. But oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just agreeing with you because I'm still trying to like, I feel like we saw a lot in the 90 seconds, but. Right. So some of the things we saw, let's go over a couple things. So we have read a couple breakdowns from our colleagues in the business, and it looks like everyone is in agreement that this will be a prequel or at least part of the game will be a prequel. Um, Who knows if they're going to touch on what happens after Red Dead, um, if there is something that happens after Red Dead, if uh, Marston is coming back. So that's something that we didn't see. We didn't see our lead protagonist from Mm. Red Dead Redemption, which was surprising, I think, for a lot of people. Steimer, you were really expecting him to show up. I was just... I guess I'm just confused as to why they're holding it for so long when he's very clearly part of the silhouette. He's very clearly part of Dutch's gang. We know he's there, so why are you pretending like he's not? And I know that they're trying to, like, amp up this new character who they revealed today. Um, Arthur Morgan is his name. But just give us something. Like, So here's a thought. I'd have to get the, the timing right. But do we know how much time has passed from when John Marson leaves his gang until when he is ordered to kill his gang? Because someone posted a comment on our YouTube channel and said, maybe this happens after John Marston deserts the gang. But he's in the key art. Oh, is he with the gang? Is he? One of those silhouettes is John. How do, do you, you know, know this? Wait, if you go through and like look at the way, the hat, like the just the outfit, if you look at silhouettes, like it looks very much like John Marston. It would be very weird if it, it wasn't. It could be another dude in a hat. No. There's a lot of dudes in a lot of hats. Okay, no, it can't. This is your- <laughs> I mean, if you put your silhouette next to Britney's silhouette and there was no context for how tall you were, you could potentially be very similar because your hairstyles in silhouette form mm. are very similar. You it's all me. about the context, though, right? That specific silhouette in that alongside all of the other people he was in a gang with. There's not going to be like another rando dude that just I'm just playing devil's exactly advocate. Like I'm, I'm, just, think, I'm just saying, you know, it's a possibility. Like, it's likely, but it's not. I mean, he's not the focus of this game, and nor will I say I don't think he ever think intended it, to be. But it might be a little far fetched to say you know 100% with beyond a doubt that that's John Marston. That's all I'm getting at. No. No, you don't think that's a little? Okay, fair enough. She's in wonderful <laughs> moods, ladies and gentlemen. She wants so, to fight you about it, Brittany. <laughs> so going back when Andrea mentioned, like, we don't know if this is, we know it's a prequel in some capacity. Yeah. Could it show the events after Red Dead? And the reason we think that is because we saw a screenshot, I think it was on GameStop, of a Game blonde, Spot. GameSpot, sorry, of a blonde-haired woman who looked like she could be an older bun. She did look remarkably like Bonnie. She did. We pulled up side-by-side images of Bonnie McFarlane from Red Dead Redemption next to this blonde woman in the Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer, and they look strikingly similar. Right. Like, but I don't very know if it's just like similar. she's in the McFarlane family, maybe, or I don't know. She's like a relative, but we can't wait. That one is like, I don't know yet. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Don't know what that's all about. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I thought it looked good. 
I wasn't like blown away by it. You know, right. some people were like, oh my God, need it now. Um, Brittany. I was one of those um, people. <laughs> but I, I was like, hey, this looks good. And I think it's because I just, there was just nothing about the, uh, you know, Red Dead Redemption that really like drew me in. I didn't play very much of that game. I maybe mm-hmm. played like 15 to 20 hours of that game and that was about it. That's one of the few games I 100%ed. Like went through, did the challenges, killed a bear with a knife. And <laughs> in that game, it's so ridiculous to do that because John Marston's turn radius is sort of like in Mass Effect where it's like a circle, like a half circle. So you're like half circling around this bear and like stabbing it and then like running around the other way, and like stabbing it in the butt and then running away. Never and get into a knife fight with Steimer. <laughs> I'll stab you in the butt and run. <laughs> her strategy. But so now I'm wondering, like when I saw, so they had a bunch, of, uh, not a bunch, but they had different creatures in the bear and a crocodile, a bear and a crocodile. Were they not? No, there were bears. bears. I stabbed a bear with a knife. I killed it. And a horsey. So, horsies. Yeah, the horsies. Yes, there's a great soundbite of Alexa yelling, horsey! As soon great. as the horse comes on screen. Don't yeah. the horsey. I can't wait to collect more horses in this game. Horsey. I love the horse collecting. We're like, you're horse. pretty. I can get you now. The last of that horse. Um, but I think you'll, they'll probably add, like, kill a crocodile with a knife. Is that all you, uh, I hope you can, like, wrestle a crocodile. It, maybe it's wrestle a crocodile to or, death. Like, Who knows? Is it a crocodile or is it an, an alligator? alligator. Uh, dun, dun, dun. I don't okay. know enough about know. This alligators game takes place or crocodiles. In what area of America? The I Wild West. I don't know. <laughs> that's, quite a, that's quite a large I'm Googling it right now. <laughs> of uh, the United States. Wild I think West. that, well, if we're Owl talking about the West, we're talking about the Western gator. part of the United States, right? Right. South Aren't alligators West. in the Eastern part of the United States? Okay, so I Googled Wild West alligator and this thing came up. Wild Dale's Wild West alligator in a can. So Wait, what? Like oh boy! You can eat alligator. <laughs> so packaged food you can eat in a gross. can. Hold that on. sounds gross. Delicious. Wild West alligator. All right, you guys keep talking. We figure this I out. Don't, why don't you just Why don't you just Google the difference between an alligator and a crocodile? Because I don't to remember. Do with, like their snout size. Yeah. I think. Oh, but it might tell us. Like, if you do that, they might say what regions they're this found is, in. We're, ladies and gentlemen, we're doing the hard work for you. <laughs> this is really important video <laughs> games research happening in real time. I mean, if, like, one's in... I think one's in, like, freshwater, one's in saltwater or something like that. I can't saltwater. remember. We're totally Alligators making this up as we go. Alligators have wider U-shaped mouths. Crocodiles are more pointed. Home-based crocodiles tend to live in saltwater habitats, while alligators hang out in freshwater marshes and lakes. So I told it's you I was not making that up. That's an alligator. There we go. Yeah. Alligator, alligator wrestling. Alligator. Hashtag Andrea was right. Don't eat it. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess the next big part of this trailer is Arthur Morgan. Yeah. Who we assume we will be controlling. And he was such yeah. a big part of it. Yeah. I mean, and they said in the description that he was the new protagonist, right? They're basically like this follows the story of Arthur Morgan and the Vander... God, Vanderlind? Vanderlind. I think it's Vanderlind. Whatever. Vanderlind. Dutch's gang. Dutch's gang. And Arthur does not look like a very nice guy. He kicks people. He tells people he's going to... He tells a son that he's going to kill his son instead of his mom. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I care about him yet. I feel like the trailer didn't give me enough reasons to be like, I care about Arthur Morgan and his trials and tribulations. Right now, I'm just like, where's John Marston? Well, that's because we watched the trailer like four times this morning because... We were just like, wait, what? Like, that's it? What? What? Um, and each time I kept being like, what is the deal with this? I don't know. Like, I wasn't He feels almost like a villain, doesn't he? Yeah. He, he is. Does. Gang. The term is anti-hero. And I, uh, if, you, okay. if you look at <laughs> John Marston. You're not wrong. I just like. I, mean, for what I we will heard, actually do real hard. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. I'll, I'll stop. 
Oh, were you no, done? Oh, sorry. No, go. No, no, I was, no, I was saying, like, he, I think, I don't think he's supposed to be a good guy. I mean, for what we've seen in the trailer, he's aligned himself with Dutch. Dutch is like, you got my back. And he's like, yeah, dude, I got your back. So obviously anyone who supports Dutch is not a good guy. He kicks people. Like I said, he threatens sons and he kicks people, he kicks real, hard. people real hard. Um, so right now, yeah, he's being painted as a villain. I mean, I'm sure John Marston in his days was not a very nice guy either, but we sympathize with him as a character because we know he's trying to get his family back. And therefore you're kind of dissuaded from committing acts of crime and killing people because, you know, if you fudge any of that up, you're not getting your family back. But who knows? Maybe Arthur has nothing to hold him back. I would be curious to go back actually and look at the marketing that they did for Red Dead 1 and see how they painted John. Mm-hmm. And how and what they because I do actually think this is an interesting point. Like he doesn't feel like the player character to me only because I feel like you you like hate yourself. You feel like I'm a jerk. And yeah, yeah. I mean, like Alexa used the proper terminology, right? He's an antihero. I yeah. mean, we we think about there are some popular protagonists that are you know anti-hero like you know i mean you, you could even debate that batman is like an anti-hero right sure in certain ways um and it wouldn't be the most um you know crazy idea that you play a character that is you know struggles with like the light and dark sides of their personality or, mm-hmm. or who they are or the way that their morals are it probably would make for a much more interesting story than just playing like your straight like western good guy right yeah but except this guy seems to not struggle with light or d- he's just straight dark is what i'm seeing like he didn't he had zero Fact. qualms yeah. with doing any of yeah. the things that he, he seemed, was like, doing robbing a bank he seems very secure in his villainy yes so. well think about the three lead characters from grand theft auto 5 rockstar's last major game rockstar's last game that was the last wow. game they put out yep right yep yep, yep. i mean unless you count gta online as a separate That's, entity no. which it's not no. I, I wouldn't say but um None of those guys were good guys either, right? But they all had their redeeming qualities. So maybe that's what they're going for here. But they didn't show us. I. It was very much mm, a teaser, right? Yeah, no, it's a teaser. But again, like, if this is a teaser and they're introducing their main character, I don't have any reason to care about him right now. And for people that maybe, Mm -hmm. for the people that did not play Red Dead 1 that are like, oh, Red Dead 2 hype, let's do it. Like, the thing that hooks you onto a lot of these games is your main character or who you're playing as. So if I was someone who didn't know Red Dead and I watched that trailer, I would just be like, okay. But, like, given, like, we're all invested in Red Dead, like, we're like, oh, like, trying to piece the story together. But if we're a person with no context, there's no anchor for them. And what's interesting is when we look at the timeline, by the time this comes out, so this game, don't forget, was supposed to launch this year. Right now, this game was already supposed to have been released. It could have been in yep. our hands. Um, and so they've delayed it until spring 2018 with, is what they said, and some reporting uh, pinned it after their fiscal year, so post April one. So I would guess a May release. May, right? Happy birthday May to me! And Happy birthday to and me! All three of you have your birthday then, right? Yeah. May babies. I will take that um, any day. So May baby, that's almost eight years after the previous Red Dead Redemption launched. There are some gamers who like probably do not know what this game is at all. Right. And have probably no connection to this mm-hmm. game. And it's interesting to me that, um, you know, the pieces of marketing that they've gone with so far very much are in the vein of fan service to people who are familiar with the franchise and aren't necessarily like, hey, we're doing something different with like the Western genre. And it's tough when you have other IP that are out in the world now that exist like Westworld who are doing like really 
awesome, cool things. Now, and I know Westworld isn't a new IP, but like the way that the HBO has refreshed that mm-hmm. property has kind of put it in, you know, the collective eye where everyone's talking about it or was when it was out. And, you know, season two is highly anticipated and they're doing something really different with it than clearly what Red Dead Redemption is doing. And so it's hard for me to look at Red Dead Redemption and go, ooh, I want that thing when I'm like, ooh, but I have this other cool Western thing over here. How many Western things do I need? But Western isn't really, it's not something that's Saturated. over. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not like zombies at this point, which are, and I know you love them. That's <laughs> okay. That was but a, that the was side eye was real there. But, <laughs> and it's not to say that they're bad. There, it's just a lot. There's just a lot of, con- of that content right now. I don't think there's a lot of Western content, Especially even with Westworld out. And stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, video games, definitely not. Um, but I think that maybe they'll, they would actually benefit from something like that because people who are watching Westworld may be like, oh, well, what's this Western game that's coming out? Mm-hmm. Maybe I kind of want to have an experience in that type of world. They won't necessarily know anything about it and get it. Do you think, I'm just, my wheels are turning. Do you think Rockstar purposefully released a trailer without John Marston in order to garner the attention of those who don't care about Red Dead Redemption because it did come out so long ago? I don't think that they did it for that specific purpose, but... Obviously, they didn't include him with a very specific intention. Mm-hmm. And what that is, you know, they didn't include him because I think he would have overshadowed their new character. Yeah. But mm-hmm. their new character wasn't that interesting. So make him more interesting to me, please. <laughs> and then show yeah. me John Marston. Yeah, it was, it was an In interesting, that order? interesting choice sure. for a trailer. I feel That's like. fine. Whatever order you want to do is fine. I am a little worried that I'm not going to be able to relate to this guy whatsoever. Like John Marston had redeemable, relatable qualities. Mm-hmm. And, and like I already mentioned, this guy just kind of looks like straight up serial killer. Kind of a dude. <laughs> I just straight hope we get up serial killer. New information soon, because I feel like, you know, while this did generate a lot of hype, I think it obviously left more questions than answers, which is fine. That's what it's meant to do. But I don't feel satisfied with this trailer. I think it's, it looks pretty. It looks like it has the, western atmosphere that i love the red dead redemption the red red dead redemption is the only rockstar game i've been able to complete from start to finish because i love the atmosphere um i can't get into grand theft auto it's too realistic for me in terms of all the buildings and it's just not my jam so that's what i'm really into but you know i'm a story driven gamer and i'm like what, what's happening here like who are these characters i don't know if i should care about them but i know we'll get more info so i'll just sit tight until then yes Long Hang on to your butts. Hang on Long to your butts. trailer, please. Indeed. Um, cool. So that'll probably be our super short first news section since there isn't. I mean, there's not. There's a couple things that nothing happened. happened. It's fine, but nothing big. SNES. I don't came care out. about anything else. Yeah. No. So by this time, hopefully, we all have our hands on an SNES classic. Um, we'll see how demand goes. Um, we will give you guys an update. Check on the social medias, what's good underscore games or each of our individual accounts, and hopefully we'll be posting photos with them. Um, when we come back, Alexa Ray and I got some meaty hands-on time with Assassin's Creed Origins. We're going to talk about that briefly, and then we're taking your questions. Uh, stay with us, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. This episode of the What's Good Games podcast is brought to you by TakeThis.org. Most of us spend a lot of time thinking about our bodies. Gain a little weight, loss a little weight, back hurts from sitting at a desk too much, stomach hurts from too much avocado. But how much time do you spend thinking about your brain? 
There are a lot of simple things that you can do every day to keep your brain in shape. Take breaks from work, get enough sleep, drink more water, put down those screens. Well, you know, as much as you can. Now, it sounds simple, but taking care of your body's needs can actually help your brain too because it's all connected. And sometimes your brain needs more help, and that's okay too. This is just one of the things that we learned from our friends over at TakeThis.org. Take This has been working to bring the mental health care community and the video game community together since 2012. If you or someone you love is feeling not okay and could use a little advice, visit them at TakeThis.org. And if you have the resources to donate or volunteer, TakeThis.org is where you can do that too. It's okay to not be okay. Take This. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to segment two of our special edition of our 21st birthday episode. Um, if you guys missed last week's episode, I talked about how Steimer, Britt, and I are making a special appearance in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the Expo. Britt, tell us a little bit about this convention for people who have never heard of it. Because we found out, someone wrote into us and said, hey... Sam, I believe uh, her name was, and was like, I live in Tulsa. I had no idea this expo was happening. I'm going to come. Ah, okay, so I'm admittedly not a Tulsa, Oklahoma games expo expert. See what I did there? But you have been there before. I, I'm getting to that, but oh, okay. I'm saying I can't give you all the nitty gritty. But what I can tell you is that I went last year during their first show. I was also a guest. I participated on panels. Um, like I said, first year, it was really it was really fun, and it was really intimate setting, and you get to, get to interact and hang out with cool people. They had the show floor with like lots of live rad video game music, little booths set up where you could buy cool things, video game tournaments. It was really fun. So I think we'll have a great time there this year in their second uh, second time. Yeah. yeah, second annual. And there'll be panels. We have a panel. We're each on individual panels as well. If you guys want to learn about who is going to be there, what is going to be there, and how you can come, you can go to xpotulsa.com. That's xpotulsa.com. For more details. Um, so, we've had limited hands-on experience. And in lieu of Steimer and I just raving about Destiny 2 again, um, <laughs> Alex Ray and I got some substantial hands-on time with Assassin's Creed Origins. Last week, we talked about the news of the Discovery Tour, which mm-hmm. Ubisoft announced their educational non-combat mode where you can go into the world and walk around and explore and you know go on these audio tours and learn things, which is awesome. But... There's so much more to that game. So, Alexa Ray, tell me about your time with Assassin's Creed. Did you stick with the main quest lines or did you do what I do and just kind of goof around the whole time? I goofed around and got straight up murdered by a pack of hippos. What? <laughs> hippos are some of the, it's like the world's most dangerous land Those animals. hippos, the hippos at Assassin's Creed Origins <laughs> run can't handle so it. damn fast. So I decided to do the side quest. I was like... I was like, I'm going to derp around. I'm going to go see what's going on. And one of the side quests is like, you go, you have to go find this woman and then help her liberate some prisoners in a camp. Uh-huh. So uh, as- pull it together, Brit. <laughs> How does this, the most random shit happen to you, Alexa, every time? I know. So <laughs> as, as uh, uh, lead protagonist Bayek, the last, the last Medjai, he's kind of like, he's kind of like the unofficial sheriff of Egypt. And he kind of goes around like helping people solve their problems, all of them, which most of them have to do with just straight up murdering fools. So he, my kind of errands, yeah. So he goes <laughs> to find this woman, 
to liberate some prisoners. And she was on the other side of, I'm in the Nile River Delta region, and she's on the other side on the other shore. So I decide I'm going to swim the entire length of the river to get to the other side because you can dive. Yep. So... But there are them's crocodiles in them waters. So in the in the, the deep alligators. Alligators. In, the, in the deep waters, not so much. So I like found a sunken ship, like held, like tried to stay down there for as long as I could because you do get quite a generous bit of uh, underwater breath holding airtime. So I went down, found some treasure, like was really enjoying it. Swam to the other side, and I'm like swimming up along the bottom of the um, along the bottom of the water, just kind of checking out, see if there's anything else cool down there. And it's like new location discovered hippopotamus nest no nope. i was like it was called a lair in my lair. game yes yeah okay yeah, yeah. this lair hippopotamus. hippopotamus lair and i was like okay so i'm coming into the hippopotamus lair from behind and i see one off to the side like in the water like my radar is like you see the outline and i'm like oh cool there's a, like there's a hippopotamus here like they must just hang out here those hippopotami or whatever you say <laughs> like so they the hippopotamuses. <laughs> they, they, they are hungry, hungry hippopotamuses because I popped out of the water thinking they won't attack me if I don't attack them. No, nope. that is a false, Not that is a false work. assumption to make. Oh no! And I popped out of the water because the the objective for the lady was nearby, and I'm like, "Hey, hippopotamus layer, what's going on?" And all the hippos were like, <laughs> and they turned and they saw me and they ran at me with their mouths. Open, like a gape yeah. and they have this like <laughs> this like crazy little waddle walk for everyone who's listening she's moving her arms back and forth <laughs> trying to mimic these little short stubby hippo legs moving as quickly as possible it looks like it looks like a toddler running with their mouth open except it's a giant hippo yeah it's and like, the mouth open part is so funny and i have a bunch of gameplay so i got oh, it's i got a chance crazy. to sit down with with Ashraf Ismail, the game director for this game. And we got to capture some footage. So we'll be putting that up as a standalone video, but you'll get to see like the mouth open running at you. It's so ridiculous. Hippo just like coming straight for you. It's ridiculous. So I got straight up murdered by these hippos and I realized that killing the hippos is part of the, part of the, um, the mission. So I spawned back in and I went after them and I killed all of them, but one and that one refused to die. So I think, okay, I'm going to run out of the area and he won't follow me and he'll get bored and I can come back and kill him after I've like, you know, so I'm running out of the area, running through the grass, running through the grass, and I hear someone running behind me, and I assume it's this <laughs> woman. Thing. I assume it's this woman following me. Da-na, so I run, 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 and I stop, and I turn around. One hippopotamus has chased me like 400 meters. And it's like I'm in that. I'm now in like the grass. I'm in like a grassy area, and this hippo is just like straight up chasing me. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just keep running. So I keep running, and I think now he has to have let me go. And I turn around, and this hippopotamus is still coming after me. And I think I think I have some I have some footage too, but you can probably hear it because I recorded my audio, and I'm just going, "Leave me alone! Leave me alone!" Because he wouldn't he wouldn't stop. Why he didn't you just know what it reminded me of? I did, I did kill him, but and I talked to Ash about this. It reminded me of the badgers in Far Cry Three. Oh. Yep, the badgers, the um, the honey badgers yep. that just would not leave you alone. That were just like vicious little suckers, and all of the wildlife in Assassin's Creed Origin and the hunting of the wildlife had a very Far Cry feel to it, which yeah. is great because I love that part of Far Cry, and it makes a lot of sense in this world that you're you know hunting these animals and using their specific types of skin for specific crafting. Mm-hmm. Um, to make you know 
key things. And now crafting obviously has been part of Assassin's Creed for the last few iterations, but it felt like they kind of took the crafting system from Far Cry and kind of meshed it with what they were doing to make like a, a superior hunting and crafting experience. Can I tell you guys more about hippos? Um, sure. Do you know, are you like a well, no. a wellspring of hippo? But he's over there patiently being like, like, I know something about hippos. I just, <laughs> I know something you don't know about because hippos. I watched a documentary, a National Geographic about hippos. Because I was like, oh, one day maybe I'd like to go to Africa. Oh, wait, everything there will fucking kill you. Maybe not. Yeah. So this thing on hippos, which is actually terrifying for us in this room, they are much more aggressive towards women for some reason. So the fact that you are playing hippos. as a dude. And, like, it's still chasing you. I'm like, according to the National Geographic documentary, <laughs> I don't know that they would still chase you. Because <laughs> it was like, whenever there was a group of dudes near the hippos, because they are very aggressive and they are very territorial, um, it would always be like, as soon as the men left and the woman was like, I'm going to take an extra picture, it attacked and killed her or, like, bit off her leg. Oh my or God. there was um, another one where, like, a woman was, they were filming a documentary and... um. All, she was surrounded by dudes, but it, they only went after her. And then there was another story of like how it was just like it was just crazy. There's all these things where it was like they were only targeting. Do the hippos females. run fast or something? I hippos guess. are yes. actually oh, very fast. You wouldn't think so. I, okay, wow. I guess I'm gonna now look so, up how fast hippos run. So I got I got murdered by the hippos, and then like I like fell down some sand dunes, and like just had like a real good old bumbly tie. I fell off a building. <laughs> Where did you guys... 19 miles an hour they run. Holy shit. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I can only run like surprising. six. <laughs> That's wow. ridiculous. How fast do humans run? Well, how fast do average fast humans run? A human can run 28 miles an hour. Can you? Can. Um, can most of us? Can. I said can. But yeah, will can. they? That's like that's the, the super fast that's people. The, that's the maximum. The average person jogs at 8.3 miles an hour. Yeah. So full sprint... If you're in a full sprint, you're probably going between 10 and 20, if not higher. Oh, my God. I'm just, if, to, just how long can you sustain that? Imagine being chased <laughs> down enough by to get into a tree. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. True. Getting you can't, you can't climb the trees. Okay. So um, not to get okay. too in the weeds talking about hippos. Get it in the weeds. But I do want to actually ask you guys, because at PAX, I also played Assassin's Creed with you. And they had changed the controls for combat, and I didn't like it. Did they? What did they keep? That's still the same. So mm -hmm. there is talk that they might be adding a legacy control scheme that is a selectable option in the menu. Please. My only gripe with the controls is that lock on is an R three click. That's gross. I hate anything that requires me to click the sticks in. Final Fantasy fifteen <laughs> used to have an R three click lock on, and then people complained about it, and they changed it for launch. Like it's it's clunky. I'm not. When I'm using all of my fingers to pull the trigger. The last thing you want to do is click the trigger in. Yeah. Like yeah. the last thing I want to do is ping. It's like, yeah, it's not great. The, the, the click on the, on the, uh, on the, on the joystick should only ever be for something that's passive. Yeah. It's not like if I'm in combat, that's the last thing I want to do. Mm -hmm. right. I'm going to mess it up or yeah. I'm going to accidentally do it and then I'll be mad. Um, so there's a lot more to this, to this game that we got to play. So we, um, Got dropped into a pretty, like, um, I'd say maybe like a third of a way into the game. Um, so we were around like level 12 and the quest line that we were doing was like level 18. What was immediately apparent was that they've definitely boosted the RPG elements and the mechanics mm -hmm. for an Assassin's Creed game. And it felt 
very foreign for Assassin's Creed. I've played all of the Assassin's Creed games, and this is the first time where I actually had to go grind in the world yeah. to oh. do quests. And really? I don't like that. Do you get XP for just like killing people? Yes. And stuff? Yes. For collecting yes. stuff, for hunting animals, for crafting things. But it's not enough. It's like so the the basically they need slow. to figure out their balance better. So what happened was is we had um, four hours of playtime and I never got to finish the quest line because the enemies and the quests were too difficult for me to take on and I just didn't have enough time to grind to get higher level. So how did you grind in Assassin's Creed? So you hunt primarily and mm-hmm. then when you after you hunt you collect the animal parts and then you use those animal parts to craft upgrades for your weapons or you can sell them side quests. I was about to say what about side quests? You can do, yeah. you can up, you can but level even, up your side quests. But even the side quests that I did, they were hard. They were too high level for me really? at the beginning. I had to I had to wait. The first side quest I did was like a level 14 and I was the level 12. How did they do that? And the guy that I fought at the end of the mini side quest like two shot killed me. Oh god. So it's like That's not fun. Yeah, so like part of the mm-hmm. beauty of Assassin's Creed in previous entries was that you could choose if you wanted to kind of stealth your way in and use your, you know, abilities or use your gadgets, or if you wanted to like go in guns blazing, swords blazing, whatever. Shotgun and, bow. And like say like screw stealth, I'm just gonna fight every guard that comes my way. And that was a really fun part of that game. Because the combat was really fluid and I liked the way that they allowed you to pick what kind of weapons if you wanted to go with the small fast blades or the head two-handed blade you know like they let you kind of choose with how you wanted to play this time around the customization is still there there's still uh, there's even more extensive customization than in you know some of the previous games Mm -hmm. but the forced grinding is something that i don't really look for nor do i care for or desire in an assassin's creed game but i sat down and when i talked with ash about this and i was like dude i don't know how i feel about this and he was like you know we needed to iterate we needed to do something different. We needed to bring a fresh gameplay perspective to the franchise because, you know, we got a lot of feedback that the formula was getting too formulaic. So you we're going to add level grinding, which is the most formulaic thing you could possibly do? Well, I, it's an interesting point, right? Because it's clearly not a new concept. It's very old as far as video games go. But it's new for this franchise and the way that they're implementing it um, with the other systems that do feel very Assassin's Creed um, is, you know, still remains to be seen if it's going to have a satisfying gameplay loop overall. Sure. Um, we didn't get enough time to yeah. really determine what that felt like. Um, but I'm curious to see how it pans out because I didn't really appreciate that I was in this gameplay session. And granted, we were in a very like isolated kind of experience where they're like, you're going to be this level. They filled out most of the skill tree for us. So I didn't get to fill out a lot of it. They gave me a couple of points to pick what I wanted, but the bulk of the tree had already been filled out. Whereas mm-hmm. if I was playing on my own, I get to choose the way that I want. Cause there's three main branches to the tree. There's like the warrior branch. There's like the stealthy branch. And then there's like the gadgety branch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you will, as a player, get to determine how you're, you want your Bayek to play. But, Alexa, how did you feel about the progression system during your playtime? It was slow. Yeah. Is there, did you ask it them whether slow. or not there was, because sometimes in RPGs there are more optimal ways of level grinding. Do they, so, they say anything about that? So the thing, okay, so the, the thing that I deeply appreciate about the RPG 
quest system and the quest driven, I guess, structure of Assassin's Creed Origins is that it encourage you encourages you to discover things and promotes world building organically. Like I would complete one side quest and then there would be like an exclamation point would pop up like twenty feet away from me or whatever, and it wouldn't be a side quest in the side quest line. It was just a random side quest that like wasn't marked as a major side quest. Like a woman needed help doing something or a guy needed help putting, you know, wheat on a cart and then going and killing the tax collector for him or something. Very sandboxy in that way. Yeah. It's very, very sandboxy. And it pulls you and it pulled it pulled me back and forth across the region like very, very, very organically. Like I would complete something and then see another thing to do. Or I would like scan the area with uh the with the the eagle, Sino, and see like, oh, there's like an animal skin opportunity over here or like, Oh, I can go craft over there. Or there's something, there's a question mark over here. I should go look at it. And it pulled me into a lot of really different, uh, a lot of really different areas. Like I chose to just run straight through a desert to get to the other side of the area to complete a quest. And I found a golden question mark that the director Ashraf told me to keep an eye out for. And I found a golden question mark. And what I found was this set of stones that you activate and Bayek sits down and it's like a little mini game where you line up, line up the, like you suddenly it opens up the sky and then you have to line up a constellation. Mm-hmm. And then once the constellation is set up, you hear these like audio tracks that are like snippets of like Bayek's life. And then there's like drawings in the sand and the drawing in the sand next to this one was uh, a man and a woman with a child be- between them and they were holding their hands and it seems like all of these, these little things like offer insight into what Bayek's life was before the uh, Assassin's Creed origins. And it also shows like they allude to like something was taken from him or his life was irreparably changed. And that's why he chose turned to the life that he was. And it's like, maybe this is like how we learn what it is. And I wouldn't have found that if I wasn't just following random quests back and forth. And then I found another set of ruins and I walked in and there was a man standing in the ruins. And as I walked closer, a snake fell out of his shirt and then as I walked closer, he disappeared. And then as I walked closer, the snake disappeared. Like it was a mirage mm-hmm. and it like shimmered away and it was like really creepy and strange. And so I found a lot of weird shit in the desert in Assassin's Creed <laughs> Origins. But, but, the, but the, point, the point of that story is without that kind of quest structure, I probably would not have wandered into a weirdo area if I wasn't being pulled through it. Um, but what I don't really appreciate from it is that even after doing all of that work, all that running, doing all those side quests... I completed all four main side quests and then did like six or seven little mini things that popped up. And when I want, went to finish the second half of the main quest line they gave us, I still could not complete it because there were too many guys and they had too much health and they were too Do overpowered. You what and I was, level you were left at? I was left at level 18 and the quest oh. and the, and the, and the gameplay story, like the story quest was level 18. And it was still too hard? It was, it was hard. Like it was like, you're like in a sandstorm and people are swarming you. So Uh you can't really see when, when they're coming at you. Also like six dudes swarm you at once. And it's, and it's just like, you have to, they were all too powerful for me to at least hit one and get away. It's not like previous Assassin's Creed where you're like surrounded by 20 guards and you can pretty easily easily take them on one at a time, like movie style where like none of them fight you and then I'm gonna fight you. Exactly. It's not not like that anymore. Mm. Um, It's much more difficult. And I think, you know, fans of the franchise are going to appreciate that they've ramped up combat to make it more challenging and to make you think about, you know, encounters before you just barrel into them. Mm -hmm. Um, And, 
you know, kind of piggybacking off on, you know, looking at levels and being able to kind of choose how you want to approach these quests and are, am I powerful enough? They've opened up the world and not locked it off. So you can wander into pretty much all of the areas of Egypt mm-hmm. that encompass the game, but on the map. So as soon as you walk into a new area, it'll just say new area discovered and it clears the map. You don't have to like go conquer a tower oh, um, okay. like you had to in previous games. And then it'll say on the map like what the defense level is of that area. And so you'll know, okay, well, I'm level 16. The area over there is level 30. I better stay far away from that area because if I get into any trouble, I'm going to die pretty much instantly. Mm -hmm. And that goes not just for the... Um, not just for the enemies, the humans, like the animals too, like are vicious. <laughs> I got, level she got attacked by <laughs> a pack hippo. of, of hippos. I got attacked by a, a pack of crocodiles. Oh god! But I murdered all those fools. <laughs> all six of them. <laughs> Stabby stabbed him all in the mouth. Um, you can see it on my gameplay video. They are smaller um, than hippopotamus. They are. They are not. They don't run at you with their mouth open. Instead, they they swish <laughs> they you with their tail. You. They like whap you with their tail. Yeah, they actually like, bite you. I was like a pig crocodile. <laughs> Um, so I'm intrigued by the changes that they're making. I think that the world itself is so beautiful and so well designed from the playtime I've had with it that it makes me want to spend time in it. Um, of course we were playing in 4k. Mm. Um, it looked gorgeous and you can, if you check my gameplay video, I'm going to try to put it up in 4k if it doesn't break our computer here (laughs) when I edit it. Um, and, you know, I had said previously, you know, after, you know, Steimer and I got a chance to play this at PAX, that this is a game that makes me want to get an Xbox One X mm-hmm. and a 4K TV. It's very pretty. Because it looks, it looks so good. Yeah. And I'm so intrigued by what they're doing with Bayek and Aya. This is the first time they've done, like, a husband and wife pair right. as, like, the protagonist. They haven't said that she's playable, um, but I have to imagine at some point in the game, because she's such a huge part of... They did say she's playable in some missions, but also insinuated she's not the only other character you can play as. Okay, maybe oh, that's really? what they were referring to. Yeah. Because they said something about playable characters, but then they were like, we're not talking about that yet. And I'm like, mm, okay. Um, so I don't know what other characters yeah, they might be referring it to. Be. It'd probably just be story, story spoilers that they don't want yeah. to dive into. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I, I think burp. it's like, she's burp. such a burp. powerful character that um, I really want to see more from her and what her relationship with Bayek and um, how that plays off of, especially in this, you know, ancient Egyptian setting where mm-hmm. clearly the roles of people and the class system and the roles within those classes of men and women was so dramatically different than anything we see today. Um, I find it like super fascinating. But do you have any other thoughts about your play session? I just have so many questions. The game comes out later this month. Um, I like the bird. I like that you can fly. Senu. Senu. You I can like barb. You can fly. <laughs> I think it's like limitless how far you can go with her. Because I flew like 2,000 meters. I like stood at the edge of the desert and let her go. <laughs> yeah. And she just marked everything for like a 2,000 meter radius. And then I called her back and I was like, great. It's a really nice girl. Do there. <laughs> Thanks, girl. So th- we first saw this in Far Cry Primal. And the mechanic is almost identical to the way that it works in that game as it is in Assassin's Creed Origins. So really helpful for scouting out um, if you're on a mission and you have to infiltrate an area to scout out all the guards. It'll put their level next to them when they pop up. And when you're out hunting, it'll mark all the wildlife and what kind of resource you will get from them if you hunt them, which is also helpful. Um, you also get a horsey. 
horsey. And a camel. We rode a yeah. camel. You get a horsey. Mm-hmm. If you if you hit down on the D-pad, you'll whistle. And he'll show up, like in Breath of the Wild. He'll be right there for you and be like, I'm your horsey. Where do you want to go? So he's not as derpy <laughs> as like Roach. Roach. You're like whistle, Roach, and Roach is like on the house. He's, what are you doing? No, he's a good horsey. Yeah, he's a better horse. I mean, and this isn't the first time that they've had call like you know um, mounts Mount. that you can. But I like yeah, this horsey, uh, Beckon. Yeah, the the horse. Did the horse have a name? I don't remember. Horsey. 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 I'll look look at my gameplay footage. But um, (laughs) yeah, the mount system is great for traversing since the world is so large. You definitely want to use your mount as much as possible. Um, But um, yeah, it looks good. I'm excited. I mean, I've been a long time Assassin's Creed fan. Um, I have like an Assassin's Creed shelf back here, which is a little out of frame. Um, So you can't see I've got a bunch of statues and, and stuff. And I've, you know, really intrigued to see how it plays out. Of course, they aren't talking at all about what happens with modern day um, Abstergo and, you know, the first civilization. That whole storyline has gotten a little convoluted over the last two games. I hope they kind of bring it back in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Um, but someone, we won't know until it releases. Who hasn't played an Assassin's Creed game since the first one, like you, Britt? Are we going to be real confused by the Abstergo stuff? Or are we going to have any idea what's happening? I have no idea because they won't talk about it. They won't talk mm-hmm. about what's happening and where they're at. Just and... forget about it and just be like, it doesn't matter. You're just in ancient Egypt. <laughs> but I really, I really enjoyed that part with Desmond and like that whole like future storyline. Like I really like thought that it brought a nice twist to this franchise and was a, such a big part of it. And they kind of just like brushed it aside and brushed it aside. And I don't know if that's because Corey May left the writing team and then they were like, well, I don't know how we're going to like wrap this up in a good way. We can't bring somebody on that's going to, that has like the right vision for where this narrative is going or where the lore is going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, something I would love to deep dive talk with them about, but they're just so tight lipped about it. Maybe post launch, yeah. you know, it would be worth me reaching out and saying like, Hey, like let's talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening with this storyline. But I mean, they very clearly were like, we're not talking about it right now. So that was a bummer, but I get it. It would be it would be very much spoiler territory for a lot of fans like me to like know what's happening with sure. that storyline. Where did they time. leave it? I guess can you or do you remember? I didn't finish Syndicate, so oh, I don't know. Oh. Okay, I don't like that's it. Like that's they. I think they just didn't do anything with it at all because you had you were. It was like the big thing was like Abstergo. It's like we're in the Animus and for the first time ever, we're dropping you into the DNA of twins. And it was like so (laughs) and it was like that and that was it. They didn't really they didn't really pay much pay much attention to it. Let me let me look on the wiki really quick and see where it where it's at. Um because it got it got to the point where they were just like, oh, yeah, the Templars are here, but we're not really paying that much attention to them. And in one of the games, I don't know if it was Unity or if it was the game before, but, like, they, you pretty much, like, you were an Abstergo employee and you could, like, look around your desk and then you would go back in. And it was very, oh, very weird. basic. And there were a bunch of emails about, like, company stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the emails were based on, like, stuff happening at the company. There's a lot of cool Easter eggs in those those emails. Because I played that. Is that the was that the co-op one? Unity was it? Yeah, Yeah, and there were like and there were references to like the development of like Far Cry Blood Dragon and like all that stuff. (laughs) Because I played like a couple hours of that one, um, and I do remember that part. I thought that was kind of fun. Okay, no, no, there there was the present day story in Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Yeah, you couldn't couldn't play through it. So the Rebecca Crane and Sean Hastings, who have been in a lot of the games, almost 
all of the games, um, have infiltrated an Abstergo facility and against orders decide to spy on a secret Templar meeting. Um, so that was, is that all that happens? No. Uh, Rebecca and Sean <laughs> attempt to capture Isabel, but she had anticipated the ambush, revealing blah, blah, blah. Okay, I have no idea what's yeah, happening. Nope. So yeah, so that's fine. I don't, the, but here's the thing, is that like, it's so it's so confusing and murky now that I don't even know. And they haven't even talked about the first civilization. I don't even know what you mean. Really you since <laughs> really since maybe, I'm just gonna maybe go Black stab Flag. Hippos. People who are listening and watching, you know what I'm talking about, right? So there <gasps> there are these like um these godlike creatures that it's really com- it's really co- complicated for me to explain. I'll I'll explain it to you after we're done recording the okay. show. Okay. Perfect. Sounds I'll walk great. you through. I'll walk you through it. Don't Please do don't. it later when I'm not here. <laughs> Alexa's like, no, I don't want to. I know that shit. Um, <laughs> okay, well, we're gonna wrap it up now. But if you guys want to check out more, I have gameplay. I had a nice long chat with Ash, and that video will hopefully be up by the time this goes live. If it's not, it'll be up soon. And just look for a notification from our Twitter account. <laughs> I saw that, Brit. Uh, and you can um, get a notification there. Or you can uh, subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash what's good games. It's the easiest way to get notifications for when we post videos. Okay, ladies, when we come back, we're going to be taking questions from you guys. Um, stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. For our third segment of our special edition of the Wicked Games Podcast, for our 21st birthday. Oh. Um, so, I know, right? Neither None of us are drinking. I know. I just really okay, no, I am. I'm drinking kombucha, and there's Which technically has, alcohol. I was about to say, it's got a minor amount of alcohol. Yeah, there's alcohol in kombucha. Oh. Some of them, Trace not amounts. all of them. Trace amounts. Well, then, I guess I'd get on that kombucha train. I think at Costco, they make you show your ID to buy. Or, no, they just don't sell it. I don't remember. There's something, but there are you different places you need to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You well, need to then. have your ID. Um, so now we're taking your questions. We reached out Ooh. to you on Twitter and said, hey, we decided to take some questions for our third segment. So we got a bunch of questions. So apologies if we don't get to yours. We definitely will not get to all of them. There's just no. too many. Um, so we're going to kind of go at random here since we kind of just copy and pasted them into a giant document. So let's talk about... Hmm, there's a lot of good ones. Um, this one is from Ash Sweet at TwitchCon. TwitchCon isn't happening yet, but that's a little premature. Um, <laughs> you prematurely bear. I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate that you, you know, are very enthusiastic. Sorry, my app closed on me. And Ash Sweetring asks OMG, yes, who has been the most influential people you've met in the industry and why? Ooh. Ooh. Well, okay, so Influential as in, like, influential on your work? Or I think influential you can interpret as, like, it however they you are want. the most famous person you've ever met? Mm. I don't want to necessarily qualify influential with famous, because there are a lot of famous people who are twats. Let's just call that out. <laughs> as my good friend Marcus Beer would say, the annoyed gamer. Um, but there are a lot of um, famous people who do 
good influential stuff, but there are also a lot of influential people who are not necessarily famous. And I think the definition of what fame is, particularly in the video games business, is quite varied. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, does anybody know off the top of their head who they would pick? So for me, I would say, and I've only briefly shook her hand, but it was Jessica Chobot when, and she, oh, she was a major, um, Chobot. In, yeah, she had a huge impact What's on me. What's crazy is I was going to say her too. Really? Oh, yay. Um, back when I was working at my nine to five job that I hated so, so much, um, I was looking for something to read and I found the IGN community blogs and I found that she was doing all these awesome things. I love reading her blog posts and it was really inspiring. And I was like, I want to do something like that. So I started blogging. I've only like, like I said, maybe shook her hand like once and it was like, Oh cool. Yay. So shout out to Jessica. I know you're not listening, but thank you so much for me because I did, I worked with her at IGN and she was just really supportive and she always like wanted to help me however she could. And like, Mm -hmm. she was just a really good person to go shoot the shit with too like she's one of the most bluntly honest people you will ever meet so funny she tells the funniest stories yeah (laughs) and so like to me as as a young like bright-eyed bushy-tailed what the hell's going on sort of a uh, person in the industry it was really helpful having her around to kind of be like a shoulder to lean on um so Mm-hmm. And what's great about her in as a like a somebody else who also does on camera hosting is that a lot of people don't realize that she does so much more than just on camera because I get that from a lot of people as well. They're like, oh, I didn't know you did this, this and this. Um, and what's that's what I think is great is that she's taken, you know, her notoriety rose because of what she was doing on the Daily Fix. Right. But she translated that into a lot of other cool projects, you know, bizarre states. She wrote a video game. Mm. She produces and works on a bunch of other shows. She's and a comic too, I think now. Oh, really? That's mm. another thing I didn't know yeah. she did. So like that to me is really awesome and inspiring from another woman who does similar stuff in the business to see her really diversifying, you know, the kind of creative work that she's doing. So definite major props to, to Ms. Chobot. Alexa, is there anybody influential that you can think of? God, I don't know. I've been, I've met so many people that have either like inspired my career or helped me sort of hone me into like the person I am today. And I think the person that has had the big, the biggest influence on where my career went and how good I got at writing, I think has to be Russ Pitts. Because I was writing, love Russ. I love Russ. I was writing. Uh, Russ and I worked at Polygon. I had the great privilege to work with him for a while, and I wanted to write features. So I like would poop out something and be like, "This is great." And my whole life, like I've always, I had always been writing ahead of the curve for whatever class I was in or whatever I was doing. And I wrote something. I'm like, "This would be great." And he tore it apart and sent it back to me and was just like, "Hey, like here are all the edits you have to make." And it wasn't like malicious or mean. It was just a bunch mm-hmm. of edits. And I was like, and I got frustrated because I was like, wait, like, I thought this was great. I don't understand what he's asking for. And I was just kind of like stomping around in circles being like, well, what is this now? And he told me, he said, the best piece of advice I ever got when I was starting out was allow yourself to be edited. So let me fucking edit you. So, <laughs> so that's I can actually, totally that's hear him saying that in his voice. So he, so he, <laughs> so I, 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 I worked with him and even when I wasn't writing features and it was writing, you know things for other aspects of Polygon. And when I started writing bigger and long form things, like I just remembered like all the advice that 
that Russ gave me and how he like really pushed me. Like, is this good? Great. Can it be better? Yes. Is it the best it can be? No, it's definitely not. Make it better. And just that pushing. And I don't think I would have been able to write the book that came out this year or any of the big features I've done or any of the projects I now have in the pipeline without his influence on me. So I'd probably pick Russ. That's a great choice. Um, There's so many people that I think about that come to mind um, when, you know, you talk about influential people in your career. Um, But two people that I just want to quickly highlight that really had a positive impact on me were um, Ian and Anthony from Smosh. So um, Ian Hickox and Anthony Padilla, the two guys that founded Smosh, the original channel, I got to work with them at Smosh Games when I was at Alloy Digital and then Defy Media. And what was great about working with them is because at that time, they were already huge. They had developed this amazing audience on YouTube, tens of millions of subscribers. And, you know, they wanted to launch this new channel. And, Getting to see their work ethic and how devoted they were to their content was something that was really refreshing in a time where I had just come from working at Machinima, the largest multi-channel network, you know, at the time and working with a lot of creators there who also were doing cool things, but a lot of them who also weren't like the best people. And that kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. Now, I'm not trying to blanket statement everybody who I worked with at Machinima, because as I mentioned, I did work with some really amazing creators there. But um, it was just so different meeting these guys who are famous in a lot of in their own right to a lot of people to millions of fans around the world you know the idea that i got to like sit down in meetings with these guys and kind of shoot the shit with them while also observing their creative process was you know really impressive to me because it got it got to the point where they were so hands-on with all of the content as we were launching. Like they would send back very detailed time code notes on the videos. They would watch every single minute of every piece that would go up on the channel. Anthony himself would like hand edit and correct the thumbnails if they weren't up to the standard or the creative that he wanted. And to me, that level of dedication and commitment to the content is something you so rarely see because there's a lot of people who are making content on the internet these days, but there's not a lot of people who are doing it really, really well. And so seeing a couple of, you know, professionals and hardworking people really kind of reaping the, um, the benefits and the rewards of all of their labor was really inspiring and influential to me to go, Hey, I thought I was working hard, but clearly I can work harder. Um, good question. So next question is from my, my app keeps closing. I'm sorry. Close the app. Um, oh, this is a nice one at enchanting duck wants to know what's your favorite cocktail. Classic margarita. Ooh, that's a good choice. Like a a classic ass margarita. Tequila, lime, lime, triple sec, triple sec or God, what's it called? Control. Quantro, yeah, Quantro. They're, the, they're the same thing. A little bit of agave, maybe. It's got to be like two drops or not at all. Yeah, I very taste light that tequila. Classic margarita. Do you do salt or no salt? Uh, if I'm feeling it, salt. I can't do salt and margaritas anymore because I because you're so salty. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she's full up on salt, ladies. But and gentlemen. no, it was more like I'd got a, I have a, I had a bad one where like the salt went from the rim to the bottom of the glass. Oh ew, no! And so I went to and I was drinking it with a straw and I just sucked up like. 
a mouthful Ugh. of salt no bueno. margarita and I'm into almost, it. <laughs> I'm almost like, threw it up. <laughs> that was the le- that was the level of salt it was in well, that's not good barf worthy it was like james that james bond moment where he goes and like chugs salt water to vomit barf worthy i was like nope you know i'm not really a fan of cocktails i'm more yeah, just, you just like, drink stuff straight I'm just like yeah i like my whiskey straight i sometimes will get a long island if i'm feeling frisky Oh, I haven't had a oh good Long God. Island in a long time. Yeah. The best Long Island I ever had was in Sydney, Australia. Really? Yeah, they hand squeezed the lemon and made fresh, like, simple syrup. And then they had this, like, really fancy cola. Mm-hmm. And they perfectly balanced. The problem is, a lot of American bartenders know that you're ordering a Long Island because you want to get shithoused. Let's be honest, yeah. right? So they don't they don't craft the recipe the way that it's meant to be. Um, balance. They right. just kind of like throw all the liquors in there, throw some sweet and sour and a splash of Coke on top and are like, here, go away. Yeah. Um, but this bar like handcrafted this cocktail and it was delicious. That sounds so, and it makes such a big difference that they use fresh lemon. Oh yeah. Oh man. Oh. Maybe I'll make one. I have all yeah. the ingredients. Let's make those. I can't pick I one. I have all the ingredients here. Let's do it. I like, the cocktails like my favorite thing. Like I just love so many different, I'm like, oh man, there's the possibilities are endless and there's such great variety <laughs> and like, I don't want to pick just one. Right? Because there's just, there's a lot. It's okay. What's good drinks is going to happen. Yeah. What's good drinks. What about you, Andrea? Um, Did you answer? Yeah. So, it's tough because I bartended for so long. So having like a single cocktail would be it's hard for me to single especially now because i'm like you brit i don't drink a lot of cocktails anymore but i am a sucker for a really good apple martini really huh i know surprising right yeah so me and me and my bff uh diana who lives in sydney which is why i was there drinking uh a long (laughs) island um our it's our like ritual to drink apple teenies together because that's how we met in college. Mm. Like way back when, when I first started drinking with my fake ID. <laughs> um, we all like those really sugary things that make us um, yep. not recognize the taste of alcohol. But now I like really enjoy the flavor of spirits, which mm-hmm. I didn't back then. Um, but if I get a Mart- apple martini made the proper way, Delicious. You have to I introduce me. I've never had one. I will make we you can one. add the apple martini to your list of failures that we have to correct. Whoa. Yes, please. What's Fix my list life. Of failures? Focus, focus, yeah. apple martinis. <laughs> Fix my life, Alexa. We got I'm really we looking got you, forward girl. to we this candy you. corn martini. Yes. Oh, that we're God. doing later. It's going to be excellent. This beautiful abomination <laughs> brewing in the kitchen right now. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. Mm. <laughs> um, okay, this one is from Adam407. Says, do you think we'll ever get a Final Fantasy game that returns to the turn-based gameplay style? And would you want to see that happen? Also, do you think we'll ever get another console Final Fantasy Tactics? No, yes, no. In order. <laughs> um, no, we'll never get another turn-based one because they are definitely moving away from that for the mainline series. They want Final Fantasy to appeal to more people. Me. They want it to, they want to, to me. appeal to people like Andrea. It hasn't worked yet. No. We're working on it. <laughs> they're, they're, they're adding um, more baby-ass baby modes. Baby-ass baby, <laughs> baby modes. People like real, real-time combat is like all the thing now. So I don't think we'll get another turn-based mainline one. Um, but we are seeing turn-based in, turn-based-ish in games like Lost Fear. Tokyo RPG which was, Factory yeah, is Tokyo making RPG a lot Factory. of old school. Yeah. yeah. Like Lost Fear, I Am Setsuna. Um, I don't think we'll ever get another Final Fantasy Tactics. I think they've left Ivalice far, far, far behind. Uh, they they really want to focus on making new stuff. I don't think they'd return to the past. Unless you fans can pull what happened with the Final Fantasy VII remake, because the only reason they're doing it is because all you whiners whined. So maybe if we whine loud enough, we will also get our way. Keep huh? whining, everybody. That is, a, that is a call to action. Keep whining. <laughs> Keep whining in Call to action. Um, I like this answer. one. 
At Snarky Starky asks, what are your favorite What's Good Game memories so far from the first few months? Ooh. We've done a lot of stuff. I know. I'm trying to like think about In these first 21 weeks of making content together. I'll be the cheesy one and just say like basically the first meeting. Like the the first like conception and like we're all hanging out and we're like, is this thing going to work? Can we do this? (laughs) And we're like, totally. We got this right before E3. It's fine. Yeah. I think knowing what we were going to launch and having to keep it a secret and it was like our four like little secret that was really fun and launch day two was just extremely exciting and i think it blew all of us like out of the water and into the wall and into a million pieces (laughs) no because i remember before alexa and i we were all messaging but i think i told alexa like i'm i had the nervous poops (laughs) (laughs) the nervous the nervous poops and then we launched and just to see all of the support uh from all of our friends and colleagues it was just mind-blowing that was really yeah, that was a great day. Yeah, it was a really, really excellent day. And I can think of so many mm-hmm. things that we've done, like in the public, like whether it be our amazing stage time at E three, yes. the mm-hmm. the custom drink we made, our party at PAX with Square, you know, being able to guest appear on a bunch of other people's shows and talk about our show. But really, the times that are the best or the most memorable to me are when we're just here at my house, like not working and just hanging out. Yeah. Cause then mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh yeah, I get to work with my friends and that's really fucking cool. <laughs> so I'm not going to get all misty eyed. Um, but I love this question, but I just love hanging out with you ladies so much. Yeah. So I'm glad we get to do this together. But. Okay. Um, all right, let's do another question. <laughs> this one's kind of funny. Um, Justin, KLF Hay? Cliff Hay? Um, if you turned into a zombie, who would you eat first and why? Okay. We were discussing this. We saw this question. <laughs> you were discussing it? Okay. Slightly safe. So I would eat Steimer first because she yes. probably has a nice salty taste. <laughs> yeah. You probably taste the that. best. You would probably be the healthiest option. Oh, thanks. That's probably true. Yeah, probably true. Yeah. Why yeah. do you think that is, though? That you'd be the healthiest? Because you're, 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 you're like, like super... You're like doing stuff you like work out right now i do a lot of push-ups ladies and Whereas gentlemen <laughs> i'm not i've just been driving back and forth la yeah I'm like, i think you about working out island food i'm not do we good. have to pick each other yeah well who else would we pick um because we're probably let's face it if the zombie apocalypse goes down we're all gonna be near each other that's true freaking out yeah but if you're a zombie you don't know who you're gonna eat don't, 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 don't put me down this rabbit hole we'll be here all night it's true i could go on and on and on about you can't this be tired if you're dead Zombie. I would probably eat Steimer first because she's the smallest, so it would take the least amount of time. That would be a fast munch. Yeah. <laughs> oh but, my God. <laughs> oh, yes, a nice yes. snack. <laughs> a nice snack. <laughs> only if you can catch me. I might be small, but I'm quick. <laughs> you only have to be faster than the slowest person. Oh my gosh. Um, True. Carl Peterson wants to know, which movies are you looking forward to for the rest of the year? Movies? I'm so what are those? <laughs> are um, movies coming out? Yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to Star Wars in oh, December. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. probably um, the only one. That sounds really cool. I actually am kind of into Thor Ragnarok, and like it looks like a hot, like colorful mess in the trailers, and I'm kind of into that. Yeah. Um, and of course, Chris Hemsworth. Be- uh, mm-hmm. You guys should check out our. Um, Patreon exclusive video. It's, it was a secret segment. It was a secret segment yeah. for September. If yeah. you guys are secret patrons, we may have talked about Thor in that video. In a little bit. different lights. And, you know, not. 
I'm only really into seeing <laughs> scary movies in theaters. Like, I'll see Star Wars, because how could you not? But if it, there's a scary movie coming out, like Little Dead Girls Trying to Kill People, I'm all about that. Little Dead Girls Trying to Kill People. Mm-hmm. My least favorite kind of movie. So, I'm going to take you one of these days. Just get really drunk beforehand. And it works so well <sighs> because you, the shit goes down on the screen. But then you're so drunk that it takes like a millisecond to like register what happened and then you can prepare yourself and then you react. The problem is yeah. not watching the movie. The problem is never watching the movie. The problem is what happens to me after oh, the movie your mind is over. goes nine miles an hour. Mm. Yeah. And how I can't sleep. And I, cur- I like I live alone. Like, no, I'm not doing Have anything. Have you tried reading or watching cartoons afterwards? Or playing a game afterwards? Is it when the lights go know. out, your mind just... It's not something that's like an immediate... It's like I will be thinking about it for like a month after. Oh my god. A month. That's intense. Yeah, girl. My brain it's latches onto things and then just plays them over and over. <laughs> we gotta break you of that. <laughs> Jeez. Um, Alexa, any movies? No? No. Okay. Um, I have another question here. And I wasn't... I was thinking about not asking this, but considering that... Every week on this podcast, we talk about mental health and we are big fans and partners with TakeThis.org. Um, I think this is an important question. And at Bart Jacasa wants to know, what helps you go through times when you're feeling down? So, sleep. so something sleep that... Sleep is good. I like, Sleep is, yeah. But I, I've told you about what I do or what I started doing yeah. this past year. And that is whenever I'm feeling upset or down or whatever, anything about life, I immediately go and I write down the list of everything that I'm grateful for in my life. That's a great idea. Because it just really puts things back into perspective because it's it's so easy to just like go down that mental rabbit hole of everything sucks. But in reality, like probably not everything does. There may be a few use cases where like, yeah, maybe everything in your life does suck. But there's got to be something that you are happy with and grateful for. And if you just try and focus more on those things, I think ultimately it creates more happiness in your life. So I have a ritual. Uh, I work out and then I Get order, those endorphins going. Yeah, that's it. Like without fail. It's like everything is, everything is bad. Goodbye forever. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go work out and I go work out for an hour and then stop it hair. Get out of the way. And I, <laughs> and I, and then I, I, uh, and then my ritual is to order a food that I really like that I haven't had in a while, like junk food, junk food. So like, I'll like order from Pachi's Pizza or like get Cheesecake Factory, and then I sit by myself and I eat it while I read a book. And then as soon as I'm done, I just like light all my weirdo scented candles and just go to bed and be like, I did a nice thing for myself. Wait, and do you light the you candles, blow the and candles up before you go to no, bed? No, 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 okay. no, I do. But it's like, <laughs> okay. Danger, danger. okay, we want to make sure we want to make sure no, no, no one sets yourself on fire. But my reasoning is like, I did a nice thing for myself and now my day is over and I've put it to bed and I'm going to bed and tomorrow's a totally new day. So that's my ritual. For me, I would say, um, I'm very lucky in the sense that the worst that I get is maybe I'm just a little stressed out. Um, but you know, that's not good and that's not healthy. Stress is not good for you. Um, so I'm really good about listening to what I need. So if I'm feeling like I just need to be around like warm fuzzies, I'll go hang out with my parents for a couple hours and just being around them and getting that like nurturing love for me really helps me. Or I'll just go bring my 3DS and play like story of seasons in the bathtub. Like story of seasons is my go-to relaxation game. Or maybe I need to just get out of the house, get away from tech, and go rent a little podunk hotel and bring the Super Nintendo with me. So it's something like that. It's more for me. I need to disconnect more often than not. Just step away from everything. Yeah, for me, 
yoga has really changed my life in a stress balancing way. And I was one of those people that was like, yoga is for hippies. Who does yoga? Hipsters, whatever. Like I was very anti because I didn't understand it. And then my friend Tegan took me to a class in LA and I... I like it's like the heavens opened and I was like, okay, I get it Um, after one class. And it was hard. I had to take seven breaks where I like stood to the side of the of the class and was like, I don't care if everyone thinks that I'm like terrible, whatever. But you just got to get through it. And then like the next time you go, you get stronger and you get stronger. And then you start to really develop your practice. And it's such a nice check out because when you when you are there and you're in the moment and you're on the mat all you can think about is your breath and thinking about the pose and what you're doing because you have to concentrate and that concentration allows you to kind of clear your mind in a very meditative way mm-hmm. and for anyone who's ever been curious about it or wanted to to learn about it um I highly recommend it I can't recommend it enough for stress relief and for um you know just overall physical fitness and it's good for your organs it's good for your blood it's good for your muscles and there's a reason why it's like the oldest form of exercise right yeah Mm -hmm. so um that for me is what i do when i'm feeling down yeah that's a good one i used to do a lot of bikram which is the hot yoga just sweat it out because Mm. well for that because as you were mentioning like it's that really forces you to focus on your breath and what you're doing because it's a hot room. Yeah. And so if you let your mind wander, like it's your heart rate really elevates hard. trying to keep your internal temperature cool. Right. So which is why you get a aerobic workout from just really standing still, which is kind of crazy to think about. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's intense. Love Bikram. Um, all right. We only have time for a couple more here. Let's see. Um, oh, there's a Halloween one that we answered in our uh, video for this month. Our Patreon exclusive video. Alexa, I have a question for you. Uh-oh. How do you feel about parades? Oh, yeah. I hate parades. Did you ask that on purpose because you know she hates parades? Yeah, I, I was really curious why, though, because she, she, she's very passionate about this, and I really want to know, like... You were, like, you were, you were talking about parades, and oh, I think Oh, Mickey's I, Halloween party, Not So Scary Halloween Party, has a has a parade, and it's a very happy, uplifting parade, but Alexa's like, Bleh! I hate parades. So, when I was... So, my parent, my family and I went to Disney World every other year when I was growing up until I was about, like, 18, and my dad fucking loves parades like loves parades like built our itineraries around every parade dad i hope you're watching this <laughs> oh, God. and he built our itinerary around all the parades because he loves parades so i was made to sit there and watch all these parades and you've probably figured out by now that i'm a very hyperactive person so i had too much energy and the last thing i wanted to do was sit there and watch people carry shit down the street like i don't <laughs> want to watch parades so i that's why i hate parades Okay. I just hate parades. Listeners, let us My know how you feel about parades. Is the the description of people carrying shit down the street? That's what a parade is. <laughs> like, what's funny is I'm like, oh, it real. That is what it or is. Or it's people what riding is? in cars or on yeah. floats They're, or playing instruments or dancing. But it's still shit going down the street. I can't yeah. do that by myself. Well, I mean, you know, you can, especially yeah. the Disney parades, like the electric parade at Disney. Uh, it's fine. What? I love the water shows. The water shows are super duper cool. But parades just, I just, I just don't like Not parades. into it. Or is fair. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. One it. final, one final <laughs> I question. It. I love you, Alexa. <laughs> oh my God. So I good. like this one. At 
Evan1177 asks, you're on a desert island. You can only have one type of sandwich for the rest of your life. What type of sandwich do you choose? I'm not a sandwich person. Had buffalo chicken sandwich? I was about to say, yeah. are you joking? You would love a buffalo chicken sandwich. That's it, though, man. I'm not like a fan of the tomatoes, the lettuces, of the mayo. You don't have to have any of that. The lettuces. What about PB&J? That's good. You know, that that's actually a really good idea. Mm. Last time when you were at my house, you ate like seven like, PB&Js. I do love a good Whoa. PB&J. Was it really? <laughs> it was a it lot was of a lot. PB&J. It was like two and a half. That loaf of bread disappeared in two days. That was also you and Steiner. I was also eating the PB&J. That was great <laughs> bread. But I think I would go crazy if I couldn't get like my salt and spicy mix my, for the rest of my life. But that's why the buffalo chicken would be good for you. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh, PB&J yeah, okay. is a good contender because I've eaten, mm. eaten that since mm. I was little. Yeah. I'm thinking like Italian sub. Like, I was thinking like a chicken parm sandwich. See, I'm thinking like sandwich. salami. Ooh, egg and bacon. Egg and bacon for the rest of your life on like a croissant. Oh, what about a biscuit? Or a biscuit? Biscuit. I'm stuck on a desert island. I'm eating and no one's ever going to get me. I don't care how many biscuits I freaking eat. Let's do it. <laughs> That's, <laughs> it's a That's great why I would go for the Italian because I've got the salami, the coppola, the ham, the provolone. No one cares if you're dried out. And still the sodium. It's totally fine. <laughs> it's true. No one's there. We'll probably all be able to float off with our bloat. Yeah. That's mm. get, that, yeah, we're gonna that's <gasps> the escape plan. You get so bloated, you yes, float off you the island. Off that's amazing. And you float that's home. Not really you how that part, works. You become one because with all the of sea. that salt in your system would eventually like make you. The reason why it bloats you, you is die. because your body thinks you're losing water, and so it's trying to retain as much water as Look, it can. Let's not get into the semantics of <laughs> physics here <laughs> and the biologies. We're stuck we're on, on a desert, a desert island. island with one sandwich. <laughs> Do those still exist? Like it's 2017. Yeah, don't we know where all the islands are? No, yeah, oh, haven't we found all the just islands? Just because we know where they are on a, on a map or on a radar doesn't mean, we doesn't mean that they have connection to the outside sure, world. Sure. Anyway. So then where do these sandwiches mine, mine's, mine's between... See, I now, would, we're getting, now we're getting... We're ruining the... We're not suspending the disbelief. That's what I wanted to say here. Suspend I'm the disbelief. leaning I've, toward I've buffalo chicken or chicken parm sandwich. Get chicken parm. Maybe we can meet up. Okay. And like swap sandwiches. That's not the yeah. way that. No, that's not the way that. No, that works. no, you don't. Okay. You don't, you don't get You're on a desert island. Yes, you're, you're alone. You're alone. You're alone. We're not together. Courier pigeon. Yes, we're gonna train pigeons send you, or whatever that bird's name is. I'll be like, you send it with split sandwich, split like I send you half, you yeah, send me half. See, we, we got this figured. We're gonna survive. <laughs> you guys enjoy your little bland sandwiches. Listeners for and viewers, breakfast sandwiches. Thank you for your questions. Breakfast every time. We appreciate it. Well, we should maybe island. do these more often. They're fun. Yeah. Actually, we do them once a month. It's called the Happy Hour Q and A. If you are interested in asking us questions like this, but imagine us with cocktails um you should join our patreon at patreon.com slash what's good gains for just one dollar a month not even the price of a coffee or um, a breakfast sandwich i mean you can't even get a, a diet coke in a gas station for a buck anymore these days you guys can become a patron of what's good games get access to exclusive videos photos community threads funny ridiculous comments mm-hmm. and you know, you get to meet some of our other patrons who are awesome, lovely people. And, of course, you get that once-a-month exclusive stream just for you guys. And you get an exclusive video, which tend to be pretty entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> um, so head on over there. Check us out. If you like what, you, what we do and you want to help support us, we would greatly appreciate any support you could throw our way. Um, so thank you so much for, you know, being a fan and, um, you know, liking what we do. Um, that's going to be it for us for this week. We will be back in force next week doing a, a regular show hopefully some cool stuff will happen 
And we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Until then, have a great weekend.